1: confess that after this game in which the Bucks just sort of annihilated the Jacksonville Jaguars 30 to 12. They led 30 to nothing going into the fourth period or quarter. What is this basketball? Fourth quarter. Um I kind of led the witness after the game somewhat when I was talking to players in the locker room. But I heard the following rhetorical question. Steve, tell me what you think about this. It was said to me by Tristan Worfson and some others. Why not us? Why not us? We're talking about postseason football, not regular season, not why why not us beat Jaguars or why don't we beat you know next week the New Orleans Saints? But like, no, if we get in
0: and we have a home playoff game, at least one. Why not? Well and you know let's talk about I, the things that make playoff teams successful. Right.
1: Healthy. Mm-hmm. they're definitely trending healthy there's no question Nate. Um, you know, Anton Winfield Jr. left the game late they were checking him for a concussion I can report to everybody that's listening to this podcast he is fine uh, Shaq Barrett uh, got out of the game with a groin injury not as sure with him although he seemed okay in, in the locker room for what it's worth mm-hmm. Carlton Davis Davis it. got dinged yep. up he has a concussion and those things are, you know, week to week And we saw Trevor Lawrence come out of it um, as far as the protocol goes, an hour before the team got on the plane, and he played, didn't play great, but he played. And so, Shaq, Shaq may be all right. We'll just have to see how the
0: practice goes during the week. So, but yeah, you need health, which the Bucks mm-hmm. overall are very healthy. Yes, compared to many teams, particularly Absolutely. at the quarterback position. Although Baker may be getting dinged up some, but yeah, but the key spots, yeah. and you want to be peaking at the right time of the year. Check. <laughs> I mean. I mean you and I were talking before the podcast. Mm-hmm. How much does this remind you a little bit of twenty twenty?
1: Well, a, a new- lot in this, a lot in the sense that they, you know, twenty twenty, they were seven and five, mm-hmm. and they they trailed Atlanta, I think, seventeen to nothing um, in that game, and then that's that's when you know Brady started bombing away, and and you started having you know big plays all over the field, and Ant- Antonio Brown started to make a real difference. Uh, on that team on offense. But then the defense started taking the ball away. And to your point, they were healthy. They they were a healthy football mm-hmm. team towards the end of the year. They made that run where they won eight straight, yeah. including the Super
0: Bowl. But I'm not even talking a new quarterback taking time to get used to a new system. Yeah. And it was a work in progress for the first half, if not more. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they started figuring things out. Yeah, they did. And and you added, you know, you had pieces, You had, you added the health in there. You know all this stuff, and look, I have no idea if they're going to go to a Super Bowl. That's not my my point. Is is that they're doing the things you want to see a team do as they as they approach the playoffs. They've won four in a row. They're very they're very healthy overall, and and they're peaking. This is the best they've played all year. No question, no question. about it.
1: Oh yeah, and that's sure. what
0: you want as you head into the playoffs. Absolutely. You've got too yeah, many teams right now that are win a game, lose a game. You have no idea what to expect each week coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bucks seem to be getting more consistent at this point. Right.
1: And and much more complete as a team. Mm-hmm. Like this was for the first ha- half for sure. And I don't know about the whole ball game, but for the first half, that's the most complete half of football they've played all year. Like that defense absolutely got after Trevor Lawrence, you know. And they for the game they they they, you know, had two sack fumbles, and then they also had two interceptions uh, against him. And then eventually he left, you know, in the fourth quarter, I think, with a with a bad shoulder. Um, but when you consider how they took the ball away, gave good field position to their offense, and how the offense finished drives, and they could have – one thing is they they kicked three field goals. They, they left some meat on the bone. Um, but Baker Mayfield picked up where he left off in the first half – Uh, the way he played in Green Bay because he was on fire. And a couple of those over routes, like the one to Chris Godwin on third down, I mean, he made some great throws. They made great catches. And how about Mike Evans, who cannot be covered down near the red zone at Raymond James especially? He now leads the NFL. Leads the NFL for receivers with 13 touchdown passes with still two games to play. It's incredible what he's done. 13 tutties.
0: Yeah, man. No, I mean, he is – when he's on his game and, you know, maybe he's motivated this year even more because of the contract. Could be, yeah. Um, But, you know, he can can be almost unguardable.
1: Yes, especially if you even dare, and they caught him twice in this. They caught him twice in man-to-man coverage, man coverage. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, the second
1: one was a skinny post, and the safety – you know, Baker held him, and then by the time – you know, he came off the, the guy that he held him for and went back to Mike. The window was wide enough for Mike to, you know, get inside the corner and, and make the catch. And so it was a relatively easy play. But when, whenever you can't guard Mike, right? Like that that's what it should be with him because he he runs routes so well. He's so big and physical. He had this little pivot route for the first touchdown. He got away with a little bit of a push-off, I would say, um, he's but it doesn't he's known for that. He's known because you can't call it every time, <laughs> right? And so you know he got his body in the right angle, and and he was wide open. So he's just so good in the red zone that um, is why he has thirteen touchdowns. You know, but I, listen, you're right in the sense that a team when a team has when a team plays with confidence, and and the play caller is calling the right plays with confidence, like. They're getting Rashad White in space consistently, right? Whether it's in the passing game, the running game. And then you come and you get Chase Edmonds, who spells him, you know, every, I don't know, two, three series or so. And they're getting in the right runs for Chase Edmonds. Um, They're throwing the right, you know, bubble screens to whether it's, you know, Palmer or Godwin or whomever. Uh, Everything seems to be positive, you know on the, on occasion baker will hold the ball a little too long and that that will lead to some sacks um but even just like this team is feeling it right like you can you can feel momentum we talk about games that have momentum seasons have momentum this is a team that that has the wind at their backs right now because uh they have come through a very stormy middle part of the season where they lost 6 of 7 and we all we we talked about this every week where you know Hey, is the coach going to get fired? Hey, when you go to Trask, hey, you know, I wouldn't want to re-sign this, this quarterback. And Rashad White, um, and I got my hand up, you know, doesn't look like he's a very special running back. All that now, look at look at him now. Look at him a month later with no margin for error. And this is the thing that, that really is impressive about them. Um, when you lose six out of seven in the NFL, first of all, it's hard to do. And usually the teams that do it are not good football teams. These guys looked around and said, "We're not a bad football team. We have good players here. We we just need to get this down. We need to we need to stick with it. You know, these coaches they're they're good coaches. They're they're showing us things that we can get better at and execute. And if we just do this or that, and you credit the players and the coaches, but they stuck together and they knew what they had in that in that locker room. And I'm telling you, uh, to a man, they believe." Like, it doesn't matter what anybody else believes. And, and look, maybe they don't win another game and somehow miss the playoffs or they, they get in the postseason and get annihilated again. It doesn't matter. Right now, after these two wins, this is as confident of a team. I don't think there's anyone they'd be afraid of playing, including the 49ers, which was a team on the road that they, basically, if they finished two drives, they would have had the lead against them too. Um, and And so much of it, you know, you, you always the quarterback gets too much credit, too much blame, and it's a team sport, and all, all that's true, right? But I'm here to tell you, so much of it is the belief uh, that Baker Mayfield has instilled, and you know he's been through a lot in his life, and we talked about you know his journey and his football journey, and you know four teams and seventeen months, and all of that. I can't imagine that the Bucks could ever have been any more pleased with what Baker has done than right now. You know he is—he's everything that was advertised, even more. Like he's now a guy that you can not only see winning maybe this year, but but in the years to come.
0: When you signed him for four million dollars, and you knew you had thirty-five or what is fifty-five million dollars of dead cap money, Mm -hmm. you know you knew you had to make pieces work that maybe you wouldn't have plugged in. You know, Maybe you would have spent more money on a quarterback, more money on other positions. But right. you, you were taking $55 million in dead cap money because of the last three years. Mm-hmm. And you signed Baker Makefield for $4 million. You know he's been on his fourth team in 17 months. You were hoping, in a bad NFC South division, eight, nine wins get us to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. win the division. That's what you were hoping, that the other teams in the NFC South, even we're though they signed know. Derek Carr, mm-hmm. even though they drafted Bryce Young, that, you know... Wouldn't wouldn't be that much improved to where you could still compete for the division.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You now have Baker Mayfield winning games for you, doing more than you expected, and your team's peaking at the right time, rallying behind him too. Like yeah. that's more than you could have dreamt of. If Absolutely. you're Jason Light or the Glazers or anyone at that the Bucks organization. Absolutely. And and especially after three years of Tom Brady, like
1: that's not a small thing if you're any quarterback, right? You're walking in, and I know Brady wasn't here 20 years like he was in New England, but the dude won a Super Bowl, and he went to playoffs three straight years, and he's still an icon. And he unretired, came back, you know, all that. So to follow him, there's a certain standard, uh, and yet you don't have the same team. You know, your team has gotten rid of veterans. Your team, you know, it's just different. It's younger uh, you don't have depth behind the starters you have got rookies coming in you got a lot of undrafted free agents that are playing like it's a totally different deal right and so for baker to come in and and learn all this and learn the offense and and then go out you know and and execute and just everything he's done is just really remarkable to me because there's so many doubters in and because of all the places he's been and the failures he's had and stuff like that um I'm just impressed because he didn't blink, you know. He really didn't. And the guys get fired up playing for him, playing with him, and it's just been it's been fun to watch. And it's funny because and I don't know how you're a comeback player if you did play last year, but there's people like I heard two things on the broadcast <laughs> and I laughed both times. One was, well you gotta consider Baker as a comeback player of the year. And then the second one was I gotta believe Todd Bowles is gonna get some coaches votes for coach of the year. I'm like, man, does a month change things in the NFL or what? Well last year they were
0: saying Dave Canell is gonna be a head coaching candidate this year.
1: I know. I know. And and Dave's done a great job and he gets better every week and he's really got it down. He knows what these you know what these players can
0: do and and he's he's putting the players in a position to succeed. Absolutely absolutely they've and changed cl- their running game and it's helped mm-hmm. Rashad White immensely and they're getting For him outside sure. which he is fantastic out there yeah you know yeah. the run game I think still a work in progress but they're getting there and they're they're doing things differently based on mm-hmm. the skill set of the players they have and that's what a good coach and coordinator does yeah no I
1: I've been impressed with I've been impressed with him um, we saw him get emotional on the podium you know a couple of days ago wanting to not disappoint Todd Bowles and, and the faith that he put in them. It's a great story. You know, he's a great story. Um, the Bucks are a good story, you know, and, and it's hard to win that many games in a row, and it's harder still if your season's on the brink like that. Now, the one advantage that you know, to a man they also talked about, and, and, and you can check out my story in Tampa Bay Times and on com was, hey, you know the good thing is, not only are we peaking, we're getting better and all that, it's that we've played under this pressure now for a month. When you get to the postseason, what always just strikes me every single time, every NFL season is when you get in the postseason, a team loses and that's it. <laughs> like all the work, all the months, all the year, you know all the games, and you poof, you're done in one game. It's a one and done. And you know you go through the season, everybody's like, oh, it's a one game mentality. We're trying to go one one this week. We're trying to go one. And you can say that, but they. They look at the schedule. They know how many games are in front of them. They they know it's not, you know, that urgent. But when you get in the postseason, you're, you're literally playing to try to survive another week. And the Bucks have been under that pressure now for a month. And And if you can handle that and go into it as a hot team, having already faced that sort of pressure, I think it's a big advantage. I mean, we, we've we seen teams have to do that and won Super Bowls before. You know, the, the Packers with... Aaron Rodgers, the Giants with Eli Manning, right, trying to get in the last day of the season, stuff like that. So I, I think that's going to benefit the Bucks in the long run if they make it. And then I also think that if they do somehow beat the Saints and clinch the division on Sunday at home and they go to Carolina, you know, that that might be over as far as the Bucs trying to improve their seating. Now, if they can improve their seating, there's no question what they'll do. But even if they don't, um, I think Todd Bowles is going to play his guys. I think he's going to try to play his guys and, and, and you know, not lose momentum. Um, now, you know, within reason, if you were to get up several scores, maybe he then takes them out.
0: But I really do think that... I think it'll be like a preseason game. I think it'll yeah, be, maybe, you know, maybe. hey, we're going to play them a half. But if, if we didn't get enough snaps or we didn't like some things we want to work on, we'll keep them in longer if we, you know four drives in the first quarter and a half, and we scored on all four. We got 28 points. Maybe we pull – you know, I think it's one of those –
1: It's going to be a field thing, but it won't be like last year's Atlanta game because last year's Atlanta game was we have a bunch of older guys and we're going to play them for like one series or one quarter or whatever, and then we're getting them all out and putting in all our young guys, like the KJ Brits and people like that. Well, guess what? Those are now the guys playing, right? The guys playing are young guys. So you don't really have younger guys. So – I really do believe it. What you're saying may be true, but I think Bowles felt it was a mistake in the long run. I know mm-hmm. he knows why he did it. He told me he thought they had run out of gas anyway. And if you think your team's out of gas, there's no point in playing them in a game that doesn't count in the standings, really, for you. But I I think again, football is not the usual sport, and you'd feel awful if you went out there and played Baker Mayfield in a game that couldn't improve your draft, you know, your your uh, seating for the playoffs and stuff. And he got hurt. But I understand why teams do, you know. I understand why they want to stay in rhythm um, instead of shutting it down, even for a week. So um, that'll be something to watch to see exactly how they approach that. But no, uh, gotta get I there got Gotta get there first. <laughs> you gotta get there, and that, and and that's that's not a small thing. You got one more game that you have to win. Um, certainly, you know, the best one to get would be New Orleans at home and have a chance to sweep them. And, you know, take the division with the hat and T-shirts at Raymond James Stadium. I mean, that's what you want to do. If not, you go to Carolina either Saturday or Sunday whenever they decide to tell us they're going to have that game. But this has been this has been one of the more surprising seasons. Although if you go back and we you know we did the the schedule and we started talking about this team, we, we have said that I, I have said that I think, you know, sort of where they were at was between eight and nine wins. And, and on the high side, the absolute ceiling was 10. And guess what? That's exactly where they're at. I didn't think this was a better team than it is. I didn't think they'd win or lose, you know, six out of seven to get here. Um, that's really hard to turn it around when you do that. Uh, usually six out of seven becomes nine out of, you know, nine out of 11, whatever. But that's been the impressive part. But, but I, I mean it's a good this is a, they, it's a talented team they still have good players and they have a quarterback who's playing at a really really high level right now and and he also brings the element that a quarterback has to bring, which is belief these guys believe whether it's late in the game any opponent that Baker's gonna win and they know this about him he's gonna fight you he's gonna fight you to to the end um and that's a good guy to play for and you know and there were times. And I'll get into more of this later in the week, some of the conversations I had. But like, first of all, nobody can compare themselves to Tom Brady. There's there's only one GOAT. We know what he meant to this organization. We know what he accomplished. You know, going from New England to here is just never going to, it's incredible. It'll never be duplicated. Um, but they get along, they, they're, you know, because Baker's not as old, clearly. Uh, and because of who he is, I think this group here is is almost more comfortable in some ways than they were with Brady. Now now that's not to say that, you know, Tom I mean, Tom did everything, including win a Super Bowl in his first year, which was remarkable. But like you mentioned earlier, it's a different type of player. You know, these aren't veterans, these aren't the Julio Joneses and you know, you know, get all the veterans I can find, Kyle Rudolph's and just load it up with dudes that I know can play or have played in this league. So it's a little different in that standpoint. But, yeah, I I, I really believe that in many ways that, you know, these guys for this group, Baker may be a better quarterback than Brady was
0: for that group a year ago, if that makes sense. Well, they've already matched the win total from last year. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Th- think about that in, week, in game 15. Two to play, yeah. You've already matched the win total from Tom Brady's last season.
1: Yeah, pretty good.
0: And pretty good. You're, and you you And you – You know, granted, in the NFL, things change week to week. Sure they do. But you won four in a row, and you look like you're getting better as you go along.
1: Yeah. No, they definitely are. I mean, they are definitely – these last two games collectively were the best two that they played this season. And they did it against decent opponents. You know, they didn't – this wasn't Carolina, which started the streak 22 days ago. This was, you know, a team fighting to get into the postseason themselves and had to win and had their starting quarterback and, you know – we thought we'd see C.J. Bethard, We ended up throwing a couple of touchdown passes late in the game, but Trevor answered the call, and so you know they they beat their best. All right, let, let's talk about a couple of players, and then we'll wrap it up because it is, after all, Merry Christmas. Should have started there to everybody. <laughs> yes, Merry yeah. Christmas, and uh, Did we'll you be... get the memo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got I, we got to finish uh, this seriously.
0: up quick because Santa's coming. But
1: yeah, he, he is very soon as we do this. You're right. Yeah.
0: I, I vowed to be off by. A half hour before Santa shows up. So, And, and, and um, a programming note, we're going to take tomorrow off. What? Normally we would have taken today off, but because the Bucks played, we didn't want to wait to do that show. That's right. So our Christmas present to us <laughs> is not having to talk to you, uh,
1: at least for a day, and we'll yes. talk to our families instead. Todd Bowles, though, is going to be talking to us about twelve fifteen this morning or to, to this afternoon, I should say.
0: Is it on Zoom so, or do you have to go to? No, it's a Zoom okay. and,
1: and it doesn't matter because I'm working either way. But yeah, at least yeah. I don't have to drive. But yeah, uh, so that's going to happen. So open the gifts with the kids in the morning and then
0: get ready for Todd Bowles. But um,
1: so, yeah, no, no, uh, no Sports
0: Day Tampa Bay on Christmas Day. So no, no, no no Sports, no, no. Sports Day, day Tampa Christmas. Bay on Christmas, the day after Christmas.
1: I'm sorry, the day after Christmas, right? Yeah, this is Christmas. Yeah, in fact, day. <laughs> you guys, this is sports day, Christmas Day is what this is. Yeah. By the way, sports I think day it's the only local sports activity. talk
0: in town that's doing anything.
1: Uh yeah, but you can say that about most days, can't you? I mean, at least nah, at least nah, one nah. of us or both of us are here. I'm just saying. Um there are occasions where you're doing the lightning and it's me and you know, Matt Baker, but hey, he's a guest, not a host. So there's that. <laughs> All right, I got a couple players I want to mention, and then we'll uh, talk about USS' big win in their bowl game. Goodness gracious. Who did they beat again? Was it Michigan? Little Sisters of the Poor. Oh, okay. Uh, Listen, for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, and while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now may electric solar offers a 30 year, no cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, may electric solar backed by solar insurer means that your roof, electrical and equipment replacement is covered. Solar insurer even survives may electric solar and is owned by the homeowners with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. And this is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, it, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, here's a number. Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: All right, a couple uh, shout-outs, if you will, <laughs> to a couple of players. Let's start. I'm going to save the best for last, and I do mean the best. Let's start with Devin White. Isn't it amazing how when you can get called out by others, Maybe not your head coach, but others. For being less than what they would hope you would be uh, in terms of, you know, accountability or whatever that thing is. And we all lived it last week with respect to White, you know, being inactive and why he was inactive and all that. But the fact that he didn't start the game, and KJ Britt did, Devin White could have gone one of two ways on Sunday. He could have sulked and gone in there and kind of jaked it and not been prepared and just say whatever. Or he could have done what Devin White did on Sunday, which was come in and just absolutely be on it and ball out like nobody's business, right? This dude early, he gets a sack. He has the interception. He drops into a zone coverage. He's in perfect position, makes a big play. I mean, he was exactly where he needed to be and playing with the kind of effort that, that, frankly, people have been hoping to see. Now, again, injuries, part of the game, can certainly make you look like you're not trying as hard when you're injured, so I'm glad that he was feeling well this time w- with respect to his health. But Devin White was a was a difference maker. He was a difference maker in that game.
0: Well, that's why, and as we talked about the last week and so, as as all that the story and everything was at, is that this is why Devin White will get paid at the end of the season. It Probably won't be here, but he's going to get money because of effort, because of performances like that, because of natural ability like that, because he can be that great. Now he hasn't shown to be consistently that great since really the Super Bowl season, as far right. as game in and game out. But that's what he's capable of. Like that's right. He's a he can be a tremendous player mm-hmm. if if he can figure out how to do that consistently, because yeah. today. I'm guessing he was motivated, and it showed.
1: It really did, and I don't know why he does not have that every week. I really, did. I don't. Um, and that's going to be his challenge. Is it's always been his challenge in terms of just be consistent, and he hasn't been that. Um, motivation, I've always thought was overrated, but for some players, maybe it's not. But yeah, you play like that, you'll get your hundred million dollars. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But yeah, this was this was a a great example of what happens when you do call a player out in such a way like again Todd Bowles had his back you know said there's never been anything between him except you know complete honesty and, and all of that and and he backed his guy but we all know and we've documented this on this podcast that you know at some point before the Green Bay Devin White decided I'm not playing and he was cleared medically and it wasn't a health issue it, it was told to us it wasn't health related it was told to the NFL Network, it, was, it wasn't health-related. And frankly, the NFL is investigating because he didn't show up on a report with an updated condition before he was made inactive. So that's happening. Um, I don't know if you saw the other day, the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith got fined $25,000, I believe, mm-hmm. and the Falcons got fined $75,000 for not disclosing the fact that Bijan John Robinson had been sick uh, before he got to the game on Sunday. And then, of course, he didn't play many snaps, I think seven snaps and had to come out because he was ill. Well, if they can do that to the Atlanta Falcons, what what might they do or could they do to the Buccaneers um, You know, with, with that whole situation with Devin White? But the point is, this is why you keep that guy around because he, he has an immense ability, and when it's channeled in the right way and he knows what he's doing, he absolutely can take over a game. So that was impressive. But now for the most impressive player on the field. How about your boy Antoine Winfield Jr.?
0: Oh my God. We've talked, How we've great talked for years kid? about I mean he's there's two players on this team. Three. There's three players on this team that you could see wearing your gold jacket at some point. hmm You know, Mike Evans is gonna be a gold jacket no question. Undoubtedly, I think he is, yes. Yeah, he's a gold jacket guy. The other two are Tristan Wirfs and Antoine mm-hmm. Winfield Jr.
1: Yes. Yes, and, and yes. and
0: Devin White's got the potential, like you know, and he's still young enough in his career. You know, when you look at pure, just pure ability in that, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is. You always talk about special shows early. He every time he's on the field, it shows.
1: And it showed his rookie year. Mm-hmm.
0: You know he he shows it every game out there that he's playing. Yep. Yeah, doesn't take one off. You know, when you say you're the first defensive back. Since nineteen ninety nine with five sacks and five force fumbles in a single season? Insane,
1: right? I mean, these aren't just you know it's one thing to like, you know, you got an interception or you got a sack, but the sack fumbles and the interceptions combined, like and they're big key moments too. Close out games, uh change games. Like the dude is just it's and it's not by accident. Like he is a big film rat. Studies like crazy. Talks to his dad about opponents. Like they've shared notes, all that stuff. His dad the was pedigree awesome is too. there. His dad his, was phenomenal. You said watching. you watched him
0: a lot in Minnesota. When, right? I, when I lived in Minnesota, he was there, and he was at his, you know, one of the, his peak then, and, yeah. and playing for the Vikings. And he was just, it, it. He was. It almost seemed like every big play on defense, there he was in the shot. Like
1: he and was that, a part that's of it. What, let's chip off the old block, man. Yeah, like the dude makes all the big plays, and you know, you're not surprised anymore, but. Talk about – I never – Rondy Barber is the last guy that I – and this is high praise. Rondy Barber is the last guy I can remember that could fill up a stat sheet as quickly as Antoine Winfield Jr. Like hit every column, tackles for loss, sacks, interceptions, forced fumble, fumble recoveries, um, you know, straight down tackles, passes defense, quarterback hits. It's It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable all the things that he's able to do and, you know – Impact the game from the furthest away from the football. I mean, that, that's where he plays. He's a, he's a safety, and yet they get him involved in so many different things that he's playing behind the line of scrimmage half the game. But he had he was in Trevor Lawrence's back pocket, and um, just just another tremendous game for a a great player. And and again, when you have playmakers like that at every level, when you have Antoine Winfield, when you have Levante David, that's another guy I thought. You know, for what he's been dealing with at his age, almost 34 years old, he played another smart game. Uh, you know, they got to the quarterback, they got to Lawrence quite a few times, they hit him quite a few times, and they got him to turn it over four times. So that that was your game. But, uh, yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. is, in my opinion, right now, pound for pound, their best defensive player. And... Love Vitavea. There's a lot of poundage there. Love Lamonte David, no question. Um, There's other good guys on that in that group, but no one affects the game as playing better than Antoine Winfield Jr. And he'll be—he should be All-Pro this year. He'll be All-Pro, I think. He and Jesse Bates should be the two All-Pros. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Both from the NFC South. That's right. Yeah, and only one—you know—one named on the All-Pro team, just one per position. Free safety, strong safety. There's obviously two safeties, so. They both can make it, but that's it. Um but yeah, if he plays ten years, if Tristan Wirst plays ten years and they play the way they're playing now or somewhere to that level, they're both gonna put on gold jackets. I, I really believe that. And I wish there was one for Levante David too. Um I'm not sure there will be just because of various things and you gotta overlook for pro bowls and things like that. But he's also playing got a strong game going out there. How about I got one more? How about Yaya Diaby? He's been getting better Woo. and better. Oh man, this guy's a beast! Big, thick dude with a lot of speed and just hunts you relentlessly. Um, he had a great game—a sack and a half, uh, tackles for losses, like forced fumble. Like he—he—he he, he can get it done. Now, Yaya's playing tremendous, and that's been the thing, right? These young players have now grown up, and they're not lost. They're playing fast, and they're taking starting roles. You know, they're—they're they're taking jobs and. And they're making their defense better. And they're making it easier for Todd Bowles to call it. So it's it's been impressive, really impressive. Uh, also impressive. How about your USF Bulls taking apart those Syracuse Orangemen?
0: I saw you five to nothing. Is 40, that what it was? Forty five to nothing. I saw South Florida's social team put out the game deets, and it was the largest shutout win in bowl history.
1: Not for USF. You mean
0: any bowl. Any bowl. Any shutout, any bowl. That's the way well, I read it nothing. on their social. Wow. Game. Wow. Now, you don't see a ton of shutouts in bowl games. but No, that's true. Yeah. It's, but still, do. bowl games have been going on a long time.
1: They have. They really have. So, you know, I was intrigued by the score, but then I'm watching after the game, and did I hear this right, that Alex Golish, upon beating another college football team with guys trying their hardest – uh, who have fired their head coach and really you know are about to get a really good transfer quarterback from him from Ohio State? he says, "Well, we whooped that ass <laughs> I was like what really we're going there you guys I, I five think- minutes ago your your program was was you inherited the worst program in maybe in college football, and now
0: okay, congratulations on on winning, but wow wow well Alex. i love the fact i mean okay maybe he went a little far in that regard knowing <laughs> there's an opponent on the other side but yeah you know one of the things, and he he further said in post games you know look we're not where we want to be and this isn't the end but it's one hell of a foundation we started and, okay you know let those guys celebrate i mean this is who who expected seven wins from this team this year they've won nobody they won nobody. four the last three years and three of those were against FCS schools yeah, nobody. And one did. FBS win in 3 years. Right. And no, you know, you've got a hell of a quarterback and leading into the bowl game says he's coming back. Yeah, you know, for one more year. Well, at least, well, but hey, you, you know, look, <laughs> no, at know. You, look at what you look at what you've started about. You've got the best recruiting class in the country of of non-power in, in the, 5 in schools the, in the conference, right? Yeah. No, best of of non-power 5 schools, the best recruiting class in the country, not just the conference. Okay. Okay. Any other right. non-power 5. Okay, I got you. Like you know, he should be excited and fired up. Yeah, okay, maybe you went a little fur in that comment. Okay. But you know, this was this is huge for South Florida. Like, who expected a bowl game? Let alone a forty five nothing win. Right. Nobody.
1: And again, I don't I don't know. I don't think Syracuse is very good, but it doesn't matter because scoreboard, right? So mm-hmm. the victory goes to the spoils. A little humility would would help. All I know is that college football, like any football, can turn around really quick. And you can be you can be the, the bug and not, not the windshield the next time. And so, you know, Syracuse is down right now. And, you know, like I said, they fired a coach. Different, a lot of things going on there. I, I, I don't know that I'd use that term necessarily. But, hey, he was caught in the moment. He's happy for his team. It was a big win. They had a good number of people go down there to Boca Raton that were USF fans. I know they enjoyed it. So... Could you have drawn it up a better realistic season than what he's had It your... No, no. I, I don't know what else he could have done, especially following it up with recruiting. Now, they get some really good players in here, like it sounds like. Um, all of a sudden, you know, they can make hay in this non-Power 5 conference, but um, it, was, it was a good... a really good showing for them and a good way to end the season because, you know, you got the time in practice by making a bowl game. You made the best of that. And not only that, the guys went out there and it mattered to them. And I think that's good. I think, you know, if you're going to put the product out there, it should matter to you. And they played like it did, especially on defense. I mean, to get a shutout in college football is really difficult. Mm -hmm.
0: Two scooping scores. And the defense has been the weak spot all year. It has. Mm -hmm. They've had Mm -hmm. flashes, but they put it all together in that game. They really did. You know, which is what you want to see improve the most next year on this team. Yeah, no, The no offense doubt. is pretty good, and you want to see that get better, but the defense is what needs to step up and be better mm-hmm. next year. That's a great start for that. No, it is. It's a nice
1: nice tape, nice feeling, nice everything for them to go into the offseason with and then add some pieces to it. So yeah, I was happy for him. Uh Just, you know, got to follow it up now. Don't slide back. <laughs> you set the bar pretty mm-hmm. high here. You got to win at least six or seven now, eight, maybe eight or nine, so let's go. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they're able to, to pull that off. Uh I'll just I'll mention this because I, I watched a little bit of the game, but Tampa Bay Lightning have done what they need to do of late.
0: Winning overtime
1: game in Washington the other night. I thought that was good.
0: Yeah, well they they played well defensively. Um mm-hmm. good first period, shaky second, but they right. held in there, only gave up one goal, and then you know held on the third, played good defense, which is what we need to see them get better at. You know, it's the defensive miscues, the, the the breakouts is what really has been the issue the first thirty five games. It's they get the puck in their defensive zone and they're not making the right decisions. They're not making they're not making decisions to get the puck out. They're they're trying to control it too much and hold it too much, and it's causing turnovers when the other team's forechecking. And you know, we're seeing them get a little smarter with those plays now. It's been three games this three game stretch, but. You know, you almost wish the break didn't come at this point. Uh, they've got, you know, three days. The NHL shuts down the 24th yeah, through 26th every year. Christmas, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost don't want to see the break there, but, you know, the other hand, it, it can help them, you know, get some rest and get ready for the second half where, you know, they're going to have less games than almost every other team because they've played more than everybody else. So,
1: no, it's been good. They're starting to rack up some points, and it was good to get an extra one in overtime the other night. Um, was it Victor Hedman, I think scored the game winning, uh, yeah, he had shootout the shootout of the
0: fourth in the fourth round.
1: Cause after in three, it was tied one, yeah. one. So, right, right. So that was good. But, uh, yeah,
0: you know, um, you need Mikhail Sergachev to come back. He's on IR now, but he is eligible to come off on Wednesday if he's ready. No, No update at this point. He was listed as day to day prior and then uh, Saturday went on IR. So.
1: No, it was, it was a good, it was a good weekend or a good week for them for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, We'll see, again, uh, what Todd Bowles has to say today uh, as they get ready for their, what could be, and, and this is the biggest game because this is the next one, but look, they beat the New Orleans Saints. They got them at home. It's a hat and T-shirt game. Hat and T-shirt game. It would be the third straight year the Bucks have won the NFC South, and I don't care what you say about that. That's never happened in Tampa Bay that they've won three straight division titles. Think about that. Um, it's crazy. They've been playing football here, what, 50 years almost. So... You know, and I'm telling you a month ago, and you know this is true because we, we read the post and we do the mailbags and things. People didn't just want Todd Bowles fired, they wanted him run out of here on rails. And he could take that quarterback with him, too. And it's just stunning to me how, how the world has turned, right? Um, Just how it's flipped. And good for Todd Bowles for sticking to his guns backing this coordinator, good for Baker Mayfield for not blinking and saying, I've been through a lot, I've been through worse, I'm going to keep going, um, you know, keep keep his players with him and pull in the right direction. So impressed with what, what they've been able to do this past month. And for my money, I think they're going to finish it. I really do. I, I think that they're going to um, play hopefully a really good game uh, against New Orleans, which which certainly is, you know, still very much alive and in it, and the Bucks got to win one of the next two
0: to, to get the division, but they'd love to do it at home, and they'd love to do it against that Saints team. But think about this, Rick. Not only is it three straight years, assuming they win this Saturday or this Sunday, not only is it three straight years of winning the division, three straight years of winning the division before the final game of the season.
1: Yeah, that's that's remarkable. Now, in They're
0: 2021, really... they still had the number one seed to play for the final week. Because mm-hmm. they ended up tying the Packers at 13-4, but the Packers bad, got think, yeah, Packers right? got the number yeah. one seed. But they ended up mm-hmm. tied at thirteen and four. Bucs won their mm-hmm. last three, to tried to try to get that one seed, and then the Packers lost, and so yep. had the Bucks, uh,
1: you know, finished that game against the Rams and won. They would have hosted the NFC Championship.
0: Yep. yep. But yeah, three straight years, if they win Sunday, mm-hmm. but they would clinch the division before the end of the se- before the final game of the season. That's, That's crazy. For a franchise that's never won three in a row.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. I know. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, no one believed in these guys. Um, when I say no one, a large percentage of you folks. But now... I, hey, they've exceeded my expectations. Yeah, Well, I had them at... I'll go back to this. I thought they'd win between eight and nine. I thought that the absolute upside, you know, dream as big as you want to dream was 10 wins. I didn't think they'd get there. I thought they'd win probably, probably eight games, maybe maybe seven, but probably eight games, and maybe that would be enough for the division again instead of nine. But yeah, they're they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna exceed that. Good chance of it. So it's been impressive. Anyway, all right. Well, listen. Merry Christmas to all of you. Be safe out there. Um, hope you got everything you wanted from Santa. And we're going to go and uh, and get ready for him in just about, oh, about T-minus six minutes or so <laughs> Maybe he comes through the door at midnight. But uh, thanks again uh, for, for listening, as you always do. We'll get into more of that as we get to the New Year's. We're only a week away from, from January 1st. And another game, this, this one also at home on New Year's Eve against the New Orleans Saints. So that's what we're looking forward to. But a much better the, 1 o'clock Sunday. start. Much better 1 <laughs> o'clock, absolutely. Especially for New Year's Eve because, you know, you know what happens at midnight, man. Well, the Lightning play at seven at home on New Year's Eve. So, oh wow. Yeah, well you have you'll have time to get you'll have time to get back. You'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, Bucks play Lightning. It'll be it'll be a, a festive. Uh, hopefully, the ball doesn't drop too much at Raymond James. That that's what you got to worry about if you're the if you're the Bucks on uh, on Sunday against the Saints. All right, thanks for listening again. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Be safe out there. We will see you. Uh, on December 27th, Seven, Wednesday morning. There you go. Wednesday morning, bright and early, or whenever you get your podcast. We're Steve Rustick. I'm Rick Stroud, of Ten Bay Times. Have a great holiday, everybody.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science?